0: From the team at CTS, this is the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast, our show dedicated to answering your training questions and providing actionable advice to help you improve your performance, even if you're strapped for time. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford, and I'm one of the over 50 professional coaches who make up the team at CTS. In each episode, I draw on our team's collective knowledge, other coaches, and experts in the field to provide you with the practical ways to get the most out of your training and ultimately become the best cyclist that you can be. Now, onto our show. Welcome back or welcome to the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford. Now, we've got Coach Jim Lehman on one more time to talk about all things recovery. Jim, welcome back to the show.
1: I'm glad to be here and I feel recovered and ready to do this. <laughs>
0: you recovered yeah. from our most previous episode. Is it's that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's good. So, uh, Jim and I were coming off a couple of training camps. So we talked about that in our previous episode and along with training camps and everybody just getting super geared up for training in general, uh, recovery is a thing that most people either overlook or overcomplicate. And it's not, it's not their fault necessarily because there's recovery techniques and products are out there far and wide multi-million dollar industry at this point, resting in recovery is actually pretty simple, but it's challenging to many people. True adaptation comes during the rest. So if you're looking for benefits, you have to chill out, train less and sleep more but it's also, it's mind and body. So we'll talk about that today. And finally, I I do think it just comes down to education for most athletes to get the knowledge that they, that they need or get the confirmation that what they're doing is actually what they should be doing from a recovery modality standpoint. So with that said, Jim, when I say recovery, but in air quotes for the athlete, what comes to mind for you?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest things is just this idea of self-care, right? Because Mm -hmm. everybody has a slightly different approach and really, you know, I look over my dog sitting right here next to me, my coworker. And if you watch animals, they're really good at it. They get tired. They're the best. They lay down and they sleep as humans. We don't do that. We, we override that and our lives are so complicated that we don't do the simplest thing, which is just rest or, or even You watch kids; they get tired, they sit down. We Mm -hmm. get tired, and we talk ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves into doing something else. I got to stay busy. I got to get this done. So, I think the most important piece is just if you can slow down and listen to your body and recognize, hey, I've done more. I need more rest. So, if the rest isn't appropriate, and you you know, you mentioned it right, the whole idea of training is based on a stimulus and a response, right? And the stimulus is the the work we do the response comes via recovery via that rest period. So, um, and I think all of us, you know, we're motivated, we love to train, but it's hard to sit still. Um, and we live in a society that doesn't sit still, right? We're constantly stimulated. We're constantly moving on to the next thing and, and checking boxes, right? Oh, I accomplished so many things today. Well, as an athlete, one of the most important things to accomplish is resting and recovering. Um, you know, again, I think we feel like if we're not working hard, we're not training, but really the rest days or those recovery days are probably the most important days on this, on the training schedule.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And and I do think, um, I mean, you have, you have a degree in psychology as well, Jim, in, in conjunction with your physiology degree and, <laughs> we should probably have a podcast on why people, why is it so challenging (laughs) to slow down and and stop doing things? Because I do think that's a whole other topic in itself. However, I I think that if you can just simply identify if you're one of those people that can't lay down like a dog or a child after and and start to be more intentional about your recovery. And when you find like that nervous energy going, it's like, stop, sit down, put your foot, put, put your phone down, Yeah. Lay down. (laughs) That's going to, that's like the most simple way to start recovery. Right.
1: Absolutely. And and all of these things, right. All, every change we try to make as humans in our lives, right. It's not going to happen overnight, right. You can't go from being a person who runs wide open all day, you know, doesn't, you know, does ever, never stops moving to saying, well, you know, tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. It's all comes in these little changes, little habit changes, right? Like Hey, I'm going to take 15 minutes today and I'm going to eat my lunch sitting down. I'm not going to eat while driving. I'm not going to eat standing up. I'm going to sit down, eat my lunch, and then I'm going to take 15 minutes to just meditate, read a book, close my eyes, you know, and allow yourself that opportunity to do things differently. Um, And give yourself some, some, again, basically the green light, the idea of slowing down, but don't expect to change it overnight.
0: No, no. I mean, habits, you know, it, the research on habit change or habit development is pretty far and wide. Y- you can read anything from 21 days all the way out to 66 days. And I think right. the more the latest research is, is on the longer end of that. So give yourself some grace when it comes to changing some of these habits that we're talking about, but also just be aware of it, like be educated about it. You do need rest everybody needs rest, but especially an athlete who's training hard and, in, right you know, getting after it. So, you know, and that's actually one of the questions from, um, from our listeners is, you know, do I need more rest if I'm only training 60 to 90 minutes per day versus somebody who's doing two to three hours a day? Like, do I really need that much more rest? What do you, what do you think, Jim?
1: Well, I, I think it probably depends on what they're doing with their training, right? If, if you're just riding, you know, eight, six eight hours of endurance riding no zone two probably don't need to but if you're you know drastically change your recovery um but if you're doing two or three very intense interval sessions each week and then a longer ride in the weekend then for sure um but we've talked about it before it's also so individualized yeah right this is one of those areas where it's really hard to give a you know to say you know oftentimes the answer right it depends Mm-hmm. Right? So this is another one of those. It depends because the individual is very different. And also the other piece that I think we often forget about is, you know, a lot of these numbers we have in our we're, we're very fortunate to have access to so much data. Right. With what we do now. But the piece that is never really captured very well is that the stressors outside of cycling. <laughs> right. You can you can capture all that via training peaks. And you can get your training stress score. You can get your training stress balance. But what never shows up in there is the fact that, hey, my mom is sick. And I've been spending so much time and energy talking to her, talking to the doctors. And I'm worried about her. I'm not sleeping as well. Um, Those things just never show up. And those are the things where, again, individually, you have to then decide, hey, listen, I'm trying to do all this training on the bike or running or swimming or whatever your sport is. Um, But you can't, you can't forget about, or you can't ignore that these other stressors are impacting your recovery. So I think that's the hard part, right? Because there, there aren't, it's really tough to quantify this. And we've tried over the years, right? Okay. What's your resting heart rate? You know, what are these things, even number of hours of sleep you get, or we could even look at the quality of sleep you're getting now. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's, you can't really factor in that. The hard part is that very subjective piece, the the stress that happens outside of that. And um, some people are really good about identifying that and, and, um, you know, not ignoring it. Right. And -hmm. and, and saying, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. I need to take a step back. Um, I might keep riding, but I can't do these intervals. It's too stressful. I don't have the focus for it. So, I think it's hard for people because, again, we're in, a, we're in a world where we are almost looked down on for slowing down right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and taking care of yourself because we need to keep pushing. And same thing. When you look at your training schedule and you think, oh, my hours are down, I missed that interval workout. Um, but sometimes maybe that's exactly what you need because, again, if you're not fresh and, and you know, as the saying goes, a, a happy athlete is a fast athlete. Right, Mm -hmm. and if all those other things are aside, if you're not sleeping enough and recovered enough, and every workout is a chore, you're not going to make a whole lot of progress, at least long term.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and, you know, I I don't know how many times I've actually said it this week, but it's it's definitely more than more than three on the phone and with uh, people like like the you know the the issues at work, the family complications, the I'm not sleeping and stuff. What should I do with training? And I always my response is. Training is never the problem, right? It's everything else. And it's, it sounds like an easy out for the coach because then they can just do, you know, tell the athlete to do this, right? Well, my workout was great, but you didn't do it right. But it's actually, it's actually far where it's more, it makes it more complicated for the coach because you can't measure these. You can measure power meter. You can measure heart rate. You can measure all these things and come up to some good conclusions about what to do next. It's very hard to identify how an athlete perceives that stress, put, put yourself in their boots. However, we do that from a humanitarian standpoint and then how to navigate that and in, in helping someone still get to their goals, despite all the stuff that they have going on right. in their life. That's super hard. And I don't care how good you, you think your whoop score is or your Garmin stress level thingy thing. Like no device is going to help you with that yet.
1: Absolutely. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the human factor comes in, right? And whether you're working with a coach or not working with a coach, um, you have to remember we're not machines, right? You can look at a machine and you can say, okay, with this much input, the machine produces this much output. As human beings, we don't work, obviously, quite so predictably.
0: Yeah, Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, it kind of loops back in that aspect loops back into like, how do we recover properly? Because, you know, if it was machine, you could use a tool like a, you know, like a Theragun, like, or a massage gun, right? Right. right. Nothing against the brand or device itself, but like, that's not going to help you recover if your mom is sick and you can't pay the bills and all this kind of like right. the other stresses in life. So that's, that's not it. It circles back to what you're talking about before of, uh, habits, right. Identify where stresses are coming from and move away from those stresses as best you can. Right. And usually that does mean sit down, put your phone down, lay down, right. Get some recovery. And so I think that being said, if we focus, if we focus on the training and let's assume, you know, let's assume that somebody has normal stress, medium stress, whatever, like nothing super crazy, but also they ain't stress free. They're a time-clenched athlete. They're working a job 40 to 60 hours a week, something like that. They're trying to get after it. Um, what is, I mean, do you advise your athletes to get any sort of device for recovery or what do you advise them to do like between sessions and things? Sure. Like
1: that? Yeah. I think, again, it depends on individuals, right? We've been at training camps, right? You have Norma there available. Theraguns, you know, some of it I think is just the act of slowing down, right? When you're using those Normatex, you can't do anything, right? So for that you can 20 try, th- but you can try. <laughs> you can't even move <laughs> for that twenty or thirty minute window. You're just sit there, and yeah. you know, I've used them a few times. I've dozed off fifty percent right. of the time I've used them. I've dozed off, and that to me was the indication of like, obviously there there is some value to the mechanics of those, right? Of the Normatex or of a Theragun. Theragun's a little bit more active; it's not quite as passive. But the Normatex, it's a pretty passive experience. So you actually, if you can put your phone down and just sit on the couch or lay on the ground, whatever it is you're doing, um, I think there's almost as much value, if not more value, to that aspect of it than the yeah. mechanical piece of it. Um, and 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 Theragun the same. And I think even with massage, there's a huge if you're if you're fortunate enough to be able to have a you know get a massage on a somewhat regular basis. Um, surely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the physical aspect of the massage, the technique is definitely valuable, but excuse me, at the same time, a lot of the value in my mind comes from you're just now actually slowing down and the psychological piece of it of, you know, I'm actually doing something proactive to look after myself. Um, but I think recovery also can be much more simple, right. In terms of looking at your schedule, right. And carving out some time for yourself. Your, your nighttime routine of making sure you're getting to bed a little bit earlier, putting your phone down, giving yourself a window, whether that's, you know, 60 or 90 minutes before you actually go to bed to be away from your phone. Um, those are the things I think that will help ultimately lead to better recovery than maybe some, another device.
0: Um, Yeah, hundred percent. And I get asked, you know, so often from, you know, my own athletes, people out there in the field, like what to, you know, buy or get, or what's the latest cool thing. And if you, if you want to really in depth, um, look at that, go, this is like way back, actually episode number three of the train, right. Podcast where I talk with Christy who wrote the book on how to recover. And she does, and she encapsulates everything. So number one, get her book. Number two, listen to that podcast. We go all through it. Jim was talking about Normatex, their pneumatic uh, recovery boots, which um, Christy calls them squeezy legs, and they're made to get inflammation out of the legs. Uh, but like Jim said, it kind of ma- it makes you slow down. You can't move. And so what we're talking about is some of these um, you know, devices or things that you can buy on the market, they can cue good habits for recovery. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm, I'm not anti devices or, or anti technology, but I'm simply just educating you that you don't need these devices to recover properly. That that's the thing. So get educated, um, use what you got, which is yourself. And you don't have to make it more complicated than that.
1: Absolutely. Right. We're, we're in such a world of apps and devices and and things that we've sort of overlooked the basic thing, right? Which is a sort of human survival piece of we need sleep. Um, and I I don't know if you've, you've read that book sleep by Nick Littlehales.
0: I don't know who he He, has uh, at this, at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. It is
1: amazing book and very enlightening. and, And the fact that these teams you know, cycling teams. I think he worked with Sky and he worked with a couple other um, soccer teams, football teams for the rest of the world. Right. And and that was their major thing was just helping these athletes learn how to sleep better. It wasn't adding more devices. It wasn't adding more, more things, but it was that basic human need and necessity of what can we do to help these people sleep better? And, yeah. and it wasn't, again, it wasn't about a magic number, right? Of, oh, everybody needs nine hours of sleep, right? Every, you know, we've, Sometimes we get hung up on this idea of eight hours, but for some people, it could be six, for some people it could be nine or somewhere in the middle, but figuring out what you need, right? And what you need to create a good sleep environment, um, and make sure you maximize that time.
0: Yeah. And that's like, number one, on my list of how best to rest or recover is, you know, get good sleep. And to your point, like, just get it better. Right. Like create better sleep habits. And, you know, for somebody who f- wakes up and feels really good after six hours of sleep, I'm not going to argue with them. Right. If, if that's Absolutely. good, great. But the one thing I'll say is like, okay, what do you, you know, what do you do right away after your workout? And if they charge into something, you know, right away say, okay, let's take a 20 minute, like legs up and just chill out for a little bit. So maybe a 20 minute nap or just a 20 minute, like chill right. time. Right. And, and adding in a nap is also um, if you read the book and kind of understand the latest of sleep is it's it doesn't have to necessarily be continuous. It seems like if you can get continuous six to seven, that's great. And then if you can get a little extra right. nap, that's packaged in the deal. So and it's trainable. So if you are not a good napper sure. Maybe, maybe you don't have like, you don't have to, I'm not telling people to do naps, but you can train that. You can teach your body to unwind and do right. that or teach your body, to, you know, give structure, get to bed earlier, which we yeah. probably all, all do. So sleeping is, is, or is trainable is my point. Um, and the other, like, uh, like number two on this, how best to rest and in this kind of goes more in line with, um, um, uh, preparation for, like a big day or, or a key kind of workout, I'll, I'll kick it over to you, Jim is like, how do you find your athletes, um, best prepared going into a a big race? Like, are they, are are you controlling rest leading up to that day? And what are you telling them from that recovery standpoint? Right.
1: I I think a lot of that comes down to, again, it's those habits, right? So trying to make sure they're not if they can avoid it, some people, again, they don't have the luxury of it, but if they, for the, if you can carve out more time for yourself, push some of those tasks, you know, to after the event or try to tackle them leading up to it, but trying to simplify everything in those first few, you know, in those days leading up, right? So they're more, they're physically well rested, mentally, they're more fresh. They've used that time to also make sure that they have been very cognizant of their hydration and their nutrition. Right? So you come mm-hmm. into that event, well hydrated, you've been eating well, um, you know, a little bit, right. We've talked about that topping off your whether it's protein stores or carbohydrate stores. So you come into it, you know, not in a depleted state, but you come into it, you know, ready to go like the, you know, gas tank full kind of analogy. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the biggest thing. And again, if you can come into an event in the right mindset, it, it it's, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, right. Uh, I would rather have an athlete who's slightly underprepared physically, but mentally they're in a great headspace um, versus the opposite. Someone who you, who's been running ragged, pushing, training, doing everything they can up to the last minute, um, but they're just fatigued. And they, they've already kind of figured out or, or decided, I'm just so tired. There's no way I can have a good day. Or like, we, you know, we look at your whoop score, right? And it says, ooh, your, your whoop score is not you're, – you're not, you're not ready. But man, on game day, if you come into it with the right mindset, you can do a lot of things that you didn't think you could. And a lot of people, there's tons of stories anecdotally, right? Where, Hey, I started this race and I felt horrible, you know, for the first, for the first hour, two hours. And then all of a sudden, hour three, hour four, it just kicked in and I felt unstoppable. So try not to let yourself get too mired into that. But again, same thing. Happy athlete is a fast athlete generally. So if someone's happy, well rested, feels good about what they're doing, even you go, ah, we you know, I missed a few few workouts here and there. Um, but they're fresh. They're 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 capable of a lot more uh, than if they already feel run down.
0: Yeah. I, I literally just on the phone yesterday I, I told somebody I'd rather under train you ten percent than over train you one percent. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had I tell the athletes the same thing, like there's no one workout that you miss that's gonna derail everything. Yeah, but there sure. might be one workout that we do yep. that does derail things because we push too far or yep. we get, we put you in a space where you're just not, you're not happy anymore. You're not well-rested. You're not focused anymore. So yeah, yep. slightly underprepared and happy is always the better option.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and one more note on how to bring yourself into like a big race day or like a big training day is... The two days before, if you just bleed off some of that training, you, you'll start to recover, like we're talking about. But under the hood, so to speak, your body's replenishing itself with uh, glycogen and in the muscles and some of the vital organs, as well as hydration, um, electrolytes, and all these things. So it's it's filling up the gas tank, like Jim said, leading into that big day, so that you're you're ready to go the distance. And when you do that, the legs can feel a little balled up in the first hour sometimes but that's completely fine. And that's really what Jim's talking about. It's like, Oh yeah, maybe a little blocked early on, but the, the power is usually there. And then if you're feeling good, you know, better and better late in the game, that's what we want. Right. So I'd much rather have that scenario. And, and that's why that's generally occurring. So, you know, we talked about habits, good habits leading into a big race like that. There's also the good habits, uh, post-workout. So, right. you know, I think we've, um, We've really blasted people on that forty-five minute post-recovery window, Jim. What, what are we talking about there, and why is that important?
1: Well, I think the idea, and there's research on both sides of it now. You know, could be pre, could be post, but the idea of you know post-workout making sure you are able to get in carbohydrates and a little bit of protein um, right after to replenish those stores, right? Um, you know, and, and the, this idea of this post-workout window, they, you know, forty-five minutes. And, 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 perhaps in that first 45 minutes is when you're able to, you know, the uptake is, is maybe quicker, but sometimes we get so stressed about that, that people get worked up and they think, oh, I've missed the window. Like everything's, you know, everything's shot. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we jokingly talk about that window, you know, it's if that window closes, right. But it's not like that window is locked. Right. And it doesn't open again. You can open the window again. And if you two hours later, again, maybe that uptake is a little bit slower, But it still happens. So it's really, again, looking after yourself post workout. And then there's new research showing that maybe it's actually just as beneficial to focus on that before the workout, right? So if your carbohydrate stores, you're taking in a little bit of protein before the workout, that may actually be just as beneficial as focusing on the post workout. But really, at the end of the day, it goes back to making sure that you are replenishing those stores and looking after yourself. Right. Yep. But, but not getting Sue too, too hung up on and too stressed out about exactly when it happens. Right. And some of that will come down to planning. Um, you know, just most of our athletes are pretty busy, right? So they've carved yeah. out this window of time. They've got 60 or 90 minutes. Okay. If I finish by two fifteen, that gives me, you know, 25, 30 minutes to shower, eat and get to my next meeting planning ahead right so whatever that is whether it's a recovery drink a sandwich a water bottle um it's there waiting for you so as you come in you grab that and maybe it's your recovery drink and you drink it in the shower and that's the most convenient way for you to do it and ensures that you're going to do it um but it doesn't have to be a recovery drink right it could be a sandwich it could be a banana with some water Um, and the beauty of the recovery drinks is they do nutritionally, you get the part, you know, you're getting the carbohydrate and the protein and also liquid, right? They're water-based. So you're kind of doing a little bit of both and they're super convenient and you can take it in the shower with you. You can take it in the cars. you're running errands. Um, but again, figuring out what works best for you. I personally don't really like those recovery drinks just from a taste texture piece of it. So I'd rather eat a sandwich and have a water bottle, um, yep. waiting for me. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Couldn't agree more. And to make it very s- simple and to the point, if you got something big or hard the next day, like after a training session, hit that 45 minute window. If you don't, and you're, right. you're like moving on to different things, don't worry about it too much. Just, you know, get hydrated, get some food in at some point and it'll uh, reuptake. Also to Jim's point the, like a pre-workout and this is a little bit new, but a pre-workout, um, sort of topping off of, um, Electrolytes, carbohydrate, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, Jim's talked about it, you know, quite a bit, but like the full gas tank approach, that's good. The other thing is you don't deplete as much either versus say if you, you know, you're like a little hungry and it's like, ah, oh, well. I had breakfast three hours ago. I'll be fine. And, but you're like depleted from all the training that kind of stuff. It's pro- better to put it in, let that fire burn hot, right. Rather than get yourself even more depleted. So that's, that's a little bit of the uh, uh, why we're doing that or why we're promoting that. And we see it in the research too. people. Like if, if you got some performance too, like you're going to burn up whatever those calories are that you put in. Right. So don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um But yeah, that's, that's it.
1: Um, and I think another sort of simple thing along those lines, right, if it's a shorter workout, 60, 90 minutes, maybe you don't need to think too much about eating during right. the workout. But as you do these you know, weekend rides, longer rides as the weather gets better and you think, OK, I did some eating, right? Everything you can eat on the bike helps minimize that depletion, you know, post-workout. Yeah. Um, oftentimes we get to that last 45 minutes, 30 minutes of the ride and we think, ah, I would kind of planned out my nutrition what I was going to eat each hour. And I, you know, got a few leftover things in my pocket that I didn't eat. That's fine. I'll be home in 45 minutes. Remembering to keep eating, you know, again, you don't want to overeat on these rides, but at the same time, if you, if you've planned out your 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour, you know, whatever it is, that works well for you and what your body can can uh, absorb try to make sure you get all that in. Because at, at the end of the day, that also puts less stress on your system. It means you're, there's less to replace afterwards. Uh, and it's an easy thing to do to just go, ah, we're almost home. Well, I'm not going to worry about finishing this last you know, half sandwich or last bag of chews or whatever it is, or this half a water bottle. Um, the more you can do on the bike, the more it offsets what you need to do afterwards.
0: Yep. That is it. Um, because those, you know, we're coming off the training camps and that training camp, um, episode is, is, uh, you deplete so much. And if you're going big that next day, I mean, you're already like so far gone, right. Right. right? That the extra half sandwich or whatever it's, it's, we talk about it like a positive energy balance. It's really hard to achieve that like in a training camp scenario right? So right. generally more, you know, better until you have some like stomach issues or something like that. So, um, that's why we're, that's why we're pushing that. Um, but in the end, like, and I would say like it also in summary, there's just so much confusion out there in the world of recovery because there's, there's gimmicks and capitalism that cloud all these concepts of recovery for an athlete. And, and, uh, I would say I get Well, like I've gotten confused too. I'm like, wait, should we be skipping the 45 minute? Should should we not? (laughs) Things change and you should change with it. And you should also look at some of these things skeptically and and rethink some things sometimes. However, Jim and I, I mean, Jim's been coaching 20, how many years?
1: Yeah. It's it's been a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you see these things kind of recycle over and over. And in the end, these simple concepts that we're talking about here that's what we're seeing that works over time. So keeping it simple by getting your sleep, um, you know, short recovery periods, uh, post training to have a little nap or just downtime. Okay. That makes for really good habits. When it comes to recovery, you want to get organized about what time you train, but also what time you recover during the day. And if you're busy, that's going to, that's going to make all the difference. And then finally, you know, Jim hit on it so much. It's just like maximize your day by doing less, like just be more intentional about what you're doing and don't just do things to be busy. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah,
1: no, I I think that's absolutely right. I mean, we, again, we, we forget, we love to work, right. We're our society pushes us to work and do things and accomplish things. And I think you need to put that recovery, that rest, you know, at or near the top of the list, um, as things you want to accomplish and and, and look at recovery as something that's, you need to accomplish it the same way. And, and I think a lot of times we look at recovery as something passive and like, okay, yeah, I guess I should rest more, but really it should be, I need to rest more. I need to rest because of what I've been doing training wise. I need to do this rest. And this rest is just as important. Again, sometimes it's more important than the training days, right? We talked about, well, maybe, maybe you need to skip that training day if you're get a little bit more fatigued or into the block or there's added stress and focus on the task for that day is actually recovery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's I, a hard I thing hope. to do. It it really is. It really is because I think of our societal norms, but I think when you, you know, when, when you lean into that rest, when you, when you actually feel recovered and then you've got the legs to go right. on those big days, I think that will give you the confirmation and the confidence To know it's like, oh yeah, I am doing the right thing. Right. As opposed to always like be being blown out and tired legs, heavy legs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. Like a lot of times I've had athletes over the years who have an injury or an Mm -hmm. illness that's sort of obviously not not planned rest, right? But they come out of it and all of a sudden they think, Oh, I haven't felt like this, you know, for months because Mm -hmm. it's the first time they've truly rested. So I always we talk about it, right? Okay, well now we need to remember how this feels and we need to do this intentionally and not let you know, a sickness or an injury be the only thing that forces us to rest. And people get antsy, right? If you say, hey, we're Mm -hmm. not going to ride for three or four days in a row. That's a hard thing. I get antsy. (laughs) I enjoy riding my bike. So it's hard for me to not ride my bike. But I recognize, you know, that it's something that's essential. And it is part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for athletes to, to have that experience where they see it happen to them, then that's usually where the light bulb goes off, right? And then they buy in. I got it. I I understand now what happens when I take this break. And again, if we can take it intentionally, like, Hey, we know we're going to take this little chunk of time off in the middle of the season or after this block. uh, And you know, that you're going to come out of it feeling fresher and not just fatigued. Cause I think we do, we just get used to feeling slightly tired or or under rested um, as part of our daily routine.
0: Yeah. Uh, Take, take more, take breaks more frequently more often, but make them shorter. Yeah. And if you're feeling a little antsy, that's good. Time to race. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Jim. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. You've always, yeah, I I always learn something when I'm talking to you and I think our listeners uh, have too. So thanks again. And, uh, for our listeners out there. If, if, uh, you like what you heard here, um, go ahead and rate and review us on Apple podcasts, give Jim Lehman a follow on Instagram and, um, you can find him on trainright.com If you're looking for a coach. So all that being said, Jim, thanks again.
1: All right. Thank you, Adam. I'm going to go take a nap now.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thanks for joining us on the time crunch cyclist podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Three quick things before you take off. First, head over to com backslash podcast and submit your training questions you'd like to hear answered on future episodes. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share the episode with your friends. This is the best way that you can help support the podcast so we can continue to produce free content to help you improve your performance. Lastly, if you want even more actionable training advice, head over to trainright.com newsletter and subscribe to our free weekly publication. Each week, you'll get in-depth training content that goes beyond what we cover here on the podcast that'll help you take your training to the next level. That's all for now. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.